John 13, 4 through 5 and 12 through 15. So Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Um, hi, better late than never <laughs> for a scripture reading. My name is Heather, one of the pastors here. Glad to be with you all this morning. We're in a series. Um, we're talking about practices and habits that form in us hearts of God-shaped love. So things that help us to grow in ways we might receive love and things that might help us grow in ways that we might be givers of loving presence. And we've talked about a few different practices. We've talked about silence and solitude. We've talked about simplicity. Last week, Johnny talked about scripture. And the, the sense here is that we do these exercises, um, not to make us right, but in order to lead us to wholeness. That inside we would be formed into whole people through these exercises and practices. And they are exercises and practices, like I said, that would help us to receive love and also give love. And so today's practice is service. If you read that text um, from John's Gospel, and it's this picture that Jesus gives us of this beautiful act of love prior to what Ash Wednesday is going to point us to, this demonstration of love, another act of service. But I think sometimes when we hear the word service, or sometimes in churches it's used like, oh, come and volunteer, there's like that little feeling of, oh no, there's more things I need to add to my schedule. Um, or it can feel like a sense of duty or obligation. Um, sometimes it can feel like um, expectation. Like there's an expectation of something that I have to do again, like to make myself good or right. Um, it can also sometimes, if we engage in it, feel a bit transactional. So I'm the one, here I am, I'm coming, do do do, and there's something I need to give to another person, and it's this sense of, I give and the other person receives, um, which isn't always bad, um, but it can lack mutuality or a sense of connection or presence if it's kind of perceived or demonstrated in that way. So today we want to talk about service as an opportunity to give and receive love. Last week, Johnny talked about the Bible. You know, the scripture, it's a story. The way to engage it is by thinking of it as a story. And in Genesis, we are created to um, cultivate and create and to care. And then that's kind of the beginning of the story. And then at the end of the story, there is a, this picture of renewal, that all things are made new. And there's a sense of wholeness. Um, and the end is renewal. And Missio's mission is that we would join God in the renewal of all things. 
And I think maybe you've read that on our website or whatever, that our vision is to join God um, in the renewal of all things. But it, that can sound a bit lofty and in, like big idea. Like what does it actually mean in a practical sense? And the word that I think we would use or most attached to it is participation. That we would participate in what God is doing. And so being people that serve basically means that we are people who participate. And the characteristics of that participation are humility and listening and paying attention. A lot like our series that we went through on party crashes where Jesus shows up at all of these meals and those are um, kind of the characteristics of Jesus' embodied acts of love. And it's also, like I said, found in the passage that we read today in John chapter 13. And so in the middle, you know, we have the middle of the story, the beginning, where there's this generative, creative vocation that we're giving. And at the end, there's this picture of renewal. In the middle is this embodied example of what it looks like in the person of Jesus. And so today, we're going to have a conversation about this. And I'm going to invite Jordan to come up and chat with me about this sense of service and practice because it's something that he has thought a lot about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Bring it, Jordan. Jordan is also on our guiding team and the guiding team supports our leadership here, is an embedded person in the community, so you all nominated him to be on our guiding team. Um, Yeah, good job. He's giving (laughs) you the thumbs up. Um, So he's on our board. He serves on our board. He is our treasurer. Um, So we have great gratitude for your leadership here in our community. Um, And it's just a good opportunity for you all to get to know more of his heart um, as he shares today with me about this particular practice um, as he's given it a lot of attunement and attention. So thanks, Jordan. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? All's well. Everyone's giving you the thumbs up. (laughs) So when we think about these practices forming in us, like hearts of God-shaped love... um, when you think about service as participation, um, how like give us some thoughts about how that's been intentional in terms of your thinking over the last years for us. Yeah, um, I love how you started with um, in light of Jesus's coming into the world and showing us how to do it yeah. um, and an opportunity for us to participate with him in that. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important because um, that kind of Jesus not only invites us into it, but he also gives us the model on how to do it. And I think the Gospels beautifully represent that. Um, and so, you know, obviously Jesus is going into, as you said, the party crashers, owns all these spaces, and he's finding ways to reconcile those on opposite sides of the table. He's eating with people. He's being with people. Um, and it's really, I think, the invitation that Jesus gives us is how do we do the same? You know, how do we participate in doing the same? Um, and I think an important distinction to make, so I, I think we put a lot of emphasis historically on specifically the Sunday gathering, but I think obviously Jesus wants to meet us obviously throughout the rest of the week, and that's a really important aspect of following him. Um, Jesus was eating a lot of meals at different times of the week, and um, I think that's one, you know, God is renewing all of life, and so when you look at from, you know, obviously Genesis to, to Revelation, there's this beautiful story of God not only saving us, you know, saving us as individuals, but he's also saving the things that human beings create, which is all of the systems and things and stages and 
culture and all that we create, Jesus is also saving those things as well and renewing those things as well. And so as we kind of step into the world, it's how do we not only have an imagination for people meeting Jesus, but also how does our world and all the things that we create meet Jesus and is renewed as well. Um, I think that's something to always keep in mind as we go out. So, Well, and I love that because it gives an imagination, like you said, beyond this space, and not to say that this space isn't important, right. but it's like, oh yeah, as a doctor or as an engineer or as a school teacher or as a parent, like there are a lot of ways that this renewal is showing up and that we're participating in. And so sometimes we can make that verification between it or like service looks like this and it divorces itself from our everyday life. But I think what I'm hearing you say is like, oh no, there's, it's the magic is everywhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, definitely. I think that's like, you know, that's like the beauty of God wanting to meet us in the everyday, right? It's not just, um, you know, there's not uh, being a doctor or, you know, um, working in one specific field is not less holy than being a pastor or a preacher. A hundred percent. You know, and, and you know, if, if all the world is God's and the fullness of it, you know, according to the Psalms, then that means that, you know, I've mentioned this before, but when I'm on my Excel spreadsheet, there's an opportunity for me to participate in what God's doing, you know, at my particular place in my particular job. Um, and so uh, there's nothing less sacred and holy than me at my computer, you know, if I'm attuned to what God's doing in that place. So, yeah. so when you use the word attuned, like what would you say are some of the com- components of making that attentiveness or um, like this is a practice that you've done obviously for a long time to translate your faith to your spreadsheet (laughs) that takes a minute to get to that practice what would you say are some of the components of um like making that a reality or paying attention in the ways that you have over the last number of years yeah um i think it's always good to kind of uh start uh, once again how we framed it up is the story of god is happening you know we're, we're participating in that story um and you know, that's playing out in a particular way in our time, in our setting in Utah, you know, in Salt Lake City in 2024. And so um, what does that look like for me, you know, obviously in my everyday life? Um, you know, obviously God is renewing things. And so that's, so I guess the mindset is like, first it's where is maybe the kingdom missing? You know, I think that's some, some, a way to kind of frame it up as well is I'm in my job and um you know, there's a whole history behind, you know, why I'm there, what I do, but why, there's places in my job that don't look like the kingdom, that don't look like Jesus, and how do I help participate, or what are the invitations to help hopefully um, renew that space so it looks more like a kingdom space, Um, and so that's, it's like I said, looking at the story of God, I'm here, you know, I'm in this stage of life, I'm, I'm this person, I'm in this job, I'm in this city, um, what is God doing in this particular space and how do I like participate in what that looks like to make this look more like Jesus? You know, where is their brokenness and how can we move it towards wholeness? Um, and that can be like kind of big picture, like macro, like a huge system you're in, like the banking system, which I work in, or that can be on the small level, like, you know, um, the disconnection in my neighborhood and the ways in which we're not caring for the people of that community. So, so you mentioned your job in banking. Like maybe you could talk a little about like how you got there and how you see that that redemptive um, reality that you see and then how you see what you do every day trying or intentionally connecting to the story of redemption or renewal in the text. Yeah, 
it's not a question I asked him before, but it's one that, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. No, it's, um, so yeah, um, so yeah, I work at a bank, um, and obviously banking uh, doesn't have a perfect history, and there's uh, a lot of negatives to the financial system that we exist within. Um, and so uh, I think there's people who are called to kind of maybe push back against these uh, brokenness of the system. I think in my current position and where I'm at, I think that's not what I'm called to do. But what I can do is work within the specific sphere that I've been given, which is, um, you know, I'm able to help with affordable housing. Specifically, I work for a team in my bank that helps lend to people who build affordable housing. And so um, housing is extremely important, obviously. You know, it's the basis for anything else in life actually requires you to have a safe place to come home to for the most part. And so, um, and I think Jesus, Jesus is always wanting us to have a home. Um, I think that's a really important aspect. And so it's like, that's what I get the opportunity to participate in. How do I connect my everyday and what I do to the specifics of the renewal of giving people homes, helping people create family stability so they can move towards wholeness? Um, and yet, it, it's, it really is more of an everyday practice of remembering that during the work and do, doing the thing that you're doing. It's, um, I'm not just here super divorced from the actual work that's happening out in the world. And sometimes that's hard, too. Not every job has like a, um, a uh, kind of community aspect to it, but I think it, whatever we do can be tied to a, a redemptive um, thing in the world as long as we're paying attention to it. And, and sometimes it's taking what we do at our job and connecting it to something that's outside of our job. And I think that's actually one of the goals that I think for us in our time, that's one of the difficult things that we have to do is because everybody's so specialized in their specific area that they don't, they're not able to connect what they do every day to the bigger mission, the bigger story of God. And so it's one of the difficult things is how do we figure out how to connect what I do every day to that outside thing that'll kind of bring that redemptive edge back into my, my job, so... Well, and you've talked about you have this work that you're in mm -hmm. with banking, and then you also mentioned your neighborhood, um, and then you also talked about paying attention. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say are some of the exercises or practices that you've cultivated in your life that help you to connect your faith, this biggest story that we rehearse every Sunday here, with oh, now I'm going to work, or oh, now I'm in my neighborhood, in my coffee shop. Like, what are some of the practices or exercises that help you to connect all of those together? Yeah, um, great question. So, uh, so I have my job, which we talked about, and then you have all the other spaces that you exist in, whether that's your local coffee shop, whether that's your grocery store, whether that's wherever you walk. And so it's an opportunity. It's like in all these spaces I exist in, how can I do the same thing where I'm, looking for opportunities for, you know, the kingdom to be revealed, for, for things to move from brokenness to wholeness. And I think that just starts with um, paying attention. You know, um, I think it's going into, you know, I give the example all the time of the, my local coffee shop is Old Cuss in South Salt Lake. Um, and when I first moved to Salt Lake, I spent like the first, I don't know, nine or 10 months, like going like two to three times a week just to get to know them there. Obviously, I love coffee, so bonus but then also just going to make friends. I was new to the city, I was trying to make friends, but then I also was trying to pay attention to the place. Um, Brent Lee's the owner, he's amazing. But essentially, if you go somewhere long enough, you'll just get to know the people who are there. You'll build relationship. And then you have the opportunity to say, okay, I, I'm here because I genuinely like 
just want to be here. And I think it's something I forgot to mention, kind of like going out into the world, you don't really go out with an agenda. You're just literally going out just to, just to be there with people, just to experience them, just to love them, just to build relationship. And it's not about like, man, I'm just going to go here to like help people get saved. It's like, no, I'm just going to go here to like meet other human beings and like build a relationship and, and find love and build love. Um, but then you get to know them and then you get to know the particular story that's happening in their life. And then you get to hear the story that maybe God is telling, you know, is telling to them and telling to that place. Um, you know, I, I got to know Brent Lee and I know he comes from like a, back, a very like um, anti-Christian background, you know? And so that's an opportunity for me to just like build relationship. Like I'm not trying to go there to say like, well, this is what Christians are like, so maybe he'll change his mind. But I'm really just going to get to know him and hopefully in the small moments of me paying attention and spending time again and again and again getting to know him and talk with him, that I have an opportunity to introduce just love and, and just a genuine connection and, and, and even hopefully a tangible sense of the kingdom. And this is what Jesus is actually like. Like that paying attention ends up allowing the characteristics of Jesus to be embodied through you right. in that place and vice versa. There's right. probably like embodied experiences that you have from people, so it becomes a relationship. Right, and it's, yeah. that, that's a big thing too. It's, it's um, when we talk about practices that are hopefully building us like hearts of God-shaped love, we also realize that the places and the people that we encounter are also like forming us as well. Um, and so, the, and that's, that's, that's a part of the process. It's a, it's a relational exchange that's happening between me and other people. Um, which actually builds in me a sense of like deep care. Like when I go to Winco and I go to the counter, to the deli counter to pick something up, um, I not just like see this person for what they're giving me, but I see them for who they are. Uh, another human being who has a whole story in their lives that's working hard, that's super stressed. I see them riding their bike to Winco. Like I pay attention to them enough where I notice, like I, I went to Honeysuckle Coffee this morning and the barista had remembered me from last time, and I had remembered, like, oh, yeah, didn't she say she was, like, from Iceland or something like that? Like, you just remember things because you're paying attention, you're, and that makes you care, not just for people for, um, as, like, a commodity, but you care about just their humanity and who they are. Well, and I think one thing I love about what you always say is that it's not necessarily, like, we're the ones bringing Jesus, but it's also paying attention to how God is already present in all of these places, um, so again, it's that mutual relationship. Like, yeah, the presence of God is with me. I'm with God. Like, I'm praying. I'm mindful. But then also, what? How is God already present there? Like, you've talked a lot about that. Yeah. Thank you for. Uh, yeah. There's like I'm trying to remember everything we talked about. <laughs> but yeah, that's super important too. Like, we don't bring God anywhere. Like, we're not bringing God into like you know I'm gonna go save the heathens or something like that. Um, God's already there having conversations with people. He's already present. Um, the Spirit's already um, working for renewal. Like, you, you know, there's other people who are already there, like, participated in God's story. And God's already speaking with everyone, right? Like, we're all children of God. God's always reaching out to us. Um, and so one of the things about paying attention is, like, where is God already working in this place? You know, I don't have to, like, uh, manufacture the gospel in this place. I can just lovingly pay attention, and then I see, oh, um, God's trying to heal this relationship with this individual and their parent. And I've, I've learned that over the years, spending time with them. And so how can I lovingly listen to them and be there for them as they work through this difficult relationship so that hopefully it can move towards reconciliation and wholeness? Well, and I love that because you've talked about too how like, that's what Jesus embodied in the Gospels. Like Jesus is healing. Jesus is being present. Jesus is speaking 
um, words of hope over people and like then that mandate is then through us and the spirit and then that's what you embody when you go into all of these places and just so clear in how your heart works in that way and it's a gift to be able to see it through you yeah and and just to let everyone know like um, I didn't wake up one day and I was like, man, I really want to pay attention to people well. Um, I wasn't a good listener. I, I actually was, a, I was more of a talker and not less of a listener. Um, and I probably have, uh, <laughs> with Jesus' help over the last like four years, probably even longer, tried to um, be much more listening, patient, and slow. Um, and once again, I think the agenda thing is really important. I, don't, I try not to go into places with an agenda for something, but really just try and like, like, lovingly be patient, present, like, listen to the conversations around you, not in a way where you're, like, trying to listen to people's business, but more of, like, more of like, like what's happening around me? Like, what are people talking about? Like, what are the burdens that people are, car- are carrying? Like, are people being, you know, hurt by, you know, a, a spouse? Are people, you know, like, all the time, I was in Vessel Kitchen the other day, and some lady was talking about, like, some horrible betrayal she was going through, and it was just, like, breaking my heart. Um, but it's, like, if when we listen to those things, I think the Spirit invites us to, like, there's, there's a need for the kingdom in Jesus to be here. Um, and, and then there's a burden on our heart to say, how can I do that well? How can I participate well? So. And I think one thing you've said, and this is your words that I'm just about to read, like, everything motivated by genuine love sustained over unhurried time. Like, and I think when you talk about this, you talk about the paying attention and there's a slowness to it and there's a attunement to it and I love that language that you use like a genuine love sustained over unhurried time and then a non-coercive invitational posture in every encounter like that's the the way that you're talking about it is that it isn't coercive or isn't demanding or it isn't like I'm right you're wrong it is um yeah just that willingness to um attune is what really comes through and what you're talking yeah. about. And then it all, you've also said, too, that then it allows you to encounter others. Um, and something about, like, I'd love for you to talk more about when you say, like, through individuals, but also you talk about the collective of generation or mm. inherited stories. Like, yes, we encounter people as individuals, but it's also like a generational or inherited story that we encounter people in. Maybe you can talk a bit more about that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Because I think um, when you see someone not as just kind of the 35, 40 years or you know, 60 years they've been living, but you see, this, you see them for the, the generations that have come before them, you know, you see, you see their, their parents' story, like what brought them to Utah. You see their grandparents' story. You see you know, the wounds that maybe they carry from a father. You see, you see someone not as like a, um, a point in time, but you see them over like multiple lifetimes, like multiple generations of people, because we're all the culmination of all of our stories. Like we all carry in us, you know, um, our grandparents. We all carry in us our parents, you know. Sometimes we don't want to, but <laughs> if the reality is that that continues to live in us. Um, and I think that's also the beauty of what Jesus is doing. Like he's you know, he's healing stories that maybe have started before even our lifetime. You know, a lot of us have parents who have struggled with addiction, and we have to reconcile with that, and I think Jesus is healing that story as well. And so when we go into spaces, that's a way to kind of posture and see people not as just like this single moment and event in their life, but you see them as like this beautiful story that God's telling over, over lifetimes um, and, and will continue to be told, right? Um, 
And also you have a unique opportunity to kind of like step into that story when you're with them, when you're present with them, to hopefully add healing to their life and their children's lives and the lives that will continue on um, because God's still telling his story, right? And so I think it's just super, super important. And that's, I think it's one of the ways like, I don't know, for me, it's all about how am I going into this space and looking at people? Am I seeing them for, you know, the clothes they wear, the car they drive, or am I seeing them for the beautiful story that's playing out in their life? Um, and how can I just, like, love them? Well, and I think it's so important for us to, to be mindful of the histories that we carry um, and to be mindful that God can redeem those histories right. and that at the end there will be renewal and that includes our histories. Um, and so there's a kind of um, beauty mm-hmm. in acknowledging that. Um, yeah, so I, I always appreciate that you're mindful of the bigger stories that are at place too, both systemically, historically, and then just who we are interacting communally. Yeah. Um, you've talked a bit about what this looks like in your job, like in your neighborhood coffee shops. Are there any other examples that you would give as people think about, okay, there's ways that I can think about my job or there's ways that I can think about the people that I'm interacting with on a day-to-day basis? Like when we think about participation and service as acts of love, thinking about that God's story is taking us to a place of renewal and that we're now kind of mandated with that as um, followers of Jesus to embody that in the here and now in Salt Lake City. What would be some just examples of things that you've done here that feel like are invitations for you into that kind of service or participation outside of your job or like neighborhood um, chit-chats that you have a lot of? Yeah. Um, so kind of back to the integration piece, like um, how do I um, make a whole create a holistic picture for my life that is, is, is renewing. Um, and what takes a lot of intentionality, time, and um, just like patience to like figure out. Um, but then you, when you look at your story, and this is also your stage of life too, like look at your story, your stage of life, and all the things that kind of, the moment that God's brought you to. Um, and, and usually there's an invitation and there's something that will allow you to participate. Um, and so like, I'm not a parent, I don't have any kids, and so, that'll look different for people with parents and kids. Um, I'm married, uh, my wife has a very heavy job, a very time consuming job, and so I have a lot of extra free time. And so that allows me the space to kind of do a lot of the things that I do. So please feel no pressure if um, you, you know what I mean? Like it's all about where you are in your stage. Contextual, being contextual. Yeah, 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 for your own life. And so there should be unique ways in which you can participate based on the limits that you have, but also the potentials that you have as well. Um, so for me, that's looked like um, a story where over my lifetime, I've had the opportunity to encounter people who are experiencing homelessness and build relationship. And so that has led me to pursue that, um, you know, outside of, you know, just the normal every day. Yeah. And I have a passion for it um, that's extended to the in-between. Um, and so spending time to, to, to think about the ways that I'm passionate about that and the ways that I think I've been formed for that, how my history has kind of led to that, um, that's what led me to build a relationship with the in-between. You know, as we talked about, this is a relationship that we have with, here with Missio, but um, they essentially offer um, medical respite and hospice services to those experiencing homelessness. And it's a unique opportunity to get to know people who are, one, experiencing homelessness, two, haven't always been. A lot of people, you know, six months ago had a full-time job, an apartment. Um, something happened and it completely derailed their life. 
Um, you learn stories. You do all the things that you've been doing everywhere else, right? I do the same thing at the coffee shop as I do as at work. Like I listen. I, you know, ask good questions. I learn their story. Um, you know, you take them out on trips. We went to go see Mama Mia last, you know, in December. Like you just, it, that's the one of the ways that I've participated in between based on, you know, a personal burden for me. And I think the way that God has kind of invited me into that story. Um, but then it doesn't have to be that. Well, one, I'll say, um, I think um, we as the people of God, there should be some area of our life where we kind of, we push towards the marginalized because I think that's what Jesus did. Um, that doesn't always mean that's the season you're in. I think that's just, just depending on. Um, but that obviously is a marginalized group, and there's just such a stigma around that, you know, around you know, being houseless. But, um, but another way to think about it is just participating in general in your city. Um, and so um, I've talked to a few people, so I volunteered at Sundance last year and this year. Um, and that was an opportunity for me. One, I love movies, so it's great, just like I love coffee. Um, but then two, it's an opportunity for one to just like be with people. Like at Sundance, you get people coming from all over the country to go volunteer. Like they're from New York, Florida, you know, all, you know, all these other places. You get to hear their stories, what they're passionate about. They're trying to make it in the industry. Um, so you're just hearing stories. But then you're also like participating in like a, a very unique part of Utah's identity, which is Sundance, which has been around. For, we celebrated the 40th anniversary this year. And one, Sundance supports the economy. So if you think about it, like how can I help renew my city? It's like supporting the economy, supporting thousands of jobs. Like how can I help renew my city by telling good stories? There's incredible stories told at Sundance that will change lives. Like, um, so there's ways to participate that are very, very specific to kind of your history and story, kind of like the in-between for me. But there's also ways to just have fun, but also participate in the life of your city and also continue to like help extend that life to others. So. And I know that the verse in Jeremiah is important to you. Like, I don't know if you want to talk about why that is, but as you talk about the in-between and then as you talk about Sundance and how you connect it to the work of God and what God is doing, it feels like that just comes to mind yeah, kind Jer- of as we finish. Yeah, Jeremiah 29. Um, so most people know Jeremiah 29:11, but as always, context is king and read the rest of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, Jeremiah 29 says... Um, Towards the end, it says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city. The Israelites are essentially in exile in Babylon, and God is telling them and instructing them to actually seek the well-being of the people who they're held captive with. He tells them to plant vineyards, to um, get married, like to do all these things that actually seek the, 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 you know, the biblical word of shalom or wholeness of the city. Um, and, and because of that, he'll bless them. And so um, I think that's, you know, that's our unique position that I think we can live into, which is really beautiful because we you know, the church of God is, we're a very peculiar community, and I think that's the beauty of who we are, and we, we have the opportunity to renew our community, not through, like, coercion or, you know, let's make the whole world Christian, but, like, how can we lovingly, without an agenda, um, seek the peace and prosperity of our city, seek its wholeness and healing, and, and you know, live into the story that God's telling here in Salt Lake City. Um, so, yeah. Well, and I love that you use that word well-being, because I think as you talk about the ways that you participate, it's like well-being for the person in the coffee shop, well-being for the person who is maybe at end-of-life care at the in-between, or well-being for the economics of the city and how we can support the Sundance. You know, this is a way of supporting the city's economics, and it supports the telling of good stories. Like, the way that you think and are intentional about your actions and the way that it connects you um, to the larger story of God... um, 
I feel like that it kind of is an encapsulation of the mission that we or a vision of joining God in the renewal of all things and this notion of participation is what it means to serve and these acts of love. So just as we close up here, maybe something, what would you say, kind of as people are listening, would be a couple of exercises um, that they could start doing, or if they're not already, or what are some exercises, you know, as we get into these practices, we need to build into them. Like you said, listening, you haven't always been a listener, sometimes you're a talker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what would be some exercises that people could start with to connect their everyday to the larger story and then become an invitation for themselves into participation and service? Um, so yeah, I think a good question. Once again, I, I think that sometimes when these talks are had, people are like, dang, I need to be doing more. No. Um, it, it's okay to be, once again, like the beauty of God meeting us in our everyday is like uh, each day is an invitation. Um, and so uh, first thing I would start with is... Um, do you have margin? Like sometimes we don't have margin. Sometimes like my wife, she works 80 hour weeks all the time. She has no margin to go out and like serve. She just, you know, once again, but then her job is that space, right? Um, and so you have to ask yourself like, do I have margin? Um, and if I don't, uh, one, does that mean I focus more on the area of my life that kind of takes a lot of that margin? Or two, do I maybe need to look at maybe simplifying things? you know, creating space, creating margin for myself, you know, um, working, you know, living into simplicity um, so that I can do those things that hopefully I'm, deep, you know, deeply passionate about or have a burden for in the world. Um, so I think that's a good question to ask. Um, and then if you do have margin and you are able to get out or you're already out somewhere, I think the first place to always start is like, where are you already at? You know, you don't need to go anywhere new. You don't need to start some ministry or something like that. You can just literally say, where do I already go? Uh, do I go to Whole Foods? Do I go to Winco? Who's my coffee shop? And I think the best way to start is just to like get to know people at those various places. Like just start practicing getting to know people and loving them and caring for them. Get to know their story, get to know their name. You know, like uh, Barista, I go to the Whole Bean and Sandy and um, you know, we were chatting and yeah, she's a regular and I'm a regular to the, to the bean yard and you know, we were chatting and she was gonna help her grandma with her taxes. And so two days later when I came back, I asked her how, how to go with your grandma with those taxes. You know, um, you remember things. You, you take time to remember and care. And eventually, I think the goal is to identify with that place. Like, you know, like, I deeply care if, the, if, um, if old cuss, somebody broke their window a couple months ago. Like, that breaks my heart. And so I make sure if they're trying to raise, funny, fu raise funds for a new, uh, new window, I'm going to give some money to it. Um, so eventually, it's the, the move from love and care to... I don't know, solidarity and identity. Like, I identify with this place, and I care about the burdens. I care about the people who are here. I care about the jobs it creates. Um, so anyway, so those are kind of the things that begin to form in you once you kind of, like, pay attention. Like, unhurried, non-coercive, just, like, and, and really, and honestly, prayerfully as well. I think that's one of the things I recommend. Like, um, sometimes I'll walk into the place, and I'll say, God, what's your invitation today, you know? Um, what are the burdens that are here, God, and how can I um, hopefully help relieve them? You know, what are you already doing here? What story are you telling? Um, and how can I participate? And you just, it doesn't happen all the time. That doesn't happen all the time. But sometimes I walk in, it's like that, that just comes up, or other times I just forget. Um, but it's just a practice that you try and get better and better at. And over time, that's how you love and care for a city and, see, and, and, city and seek its peace and prosperity. Um, and I'm trying to think, what else? Those might be the two things I'd probably say. Yeah. 
I think the thing that maybe stands out to me most about what you just said is that like you're starting with love and care and then it moves to solidarity and action. Like I think that that's such a, a wonderful way of describing it. It's like do what how have I cultivated love and care? How have I cultivated attention? Do I understand who this person is, how this person connects to a history, to a story, to a location? Like have I done all of that work? And having done all of that work, does my action then become in a place of solidarity. Um, so that to me is like, what a beautiful framework to have, like starting with love and action that then moves us to solidarity and action. Um, not that they're independent of each other, but um, yeah, really appreciate you. Thankful for you, thankful for your intentionality and for sharing with us today and just who you are in our community. So thank you. Got to be. Jordan Muff. <laughs> yes. So we um, are going to come to this table. Um, this is a table that Jesus set and asked us to do um, this practice in remembrance of him. And so as you come to this table, um, I want you to maybe just think of somebody that is in your everyday. Um, somebody that is in your everyday that you might want to grow into a sense of loving care towards and maybe you immediately have that person in mind or that group of people in mind. So maybe you come to this table and you just ask Jesus what it would look like to move into solidarity and action. Um, so just we'll take a couple of minutes to be quiet as the band or as um, Jonathan comes up and um, just have a couple of moments of quiet so you can sit with what you've just heard. Um, then I'll pray. And then we'll begin singing. And then as you come to this table, think of who is in your life that you could develop love and care for? Or is there a, an action of solidarity? So let's sit quietly and then I'll pray. <laughs> 